father's tent There you are You're running for your life You're a shooting star And all the years No one knows Just how hard you worked But now it shows In one shining moment It's all on the line One shining Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. Coach Kevin Furtado. Hey, if you want to know who are the best high school basketball coaches and leaders in our country are, you need to stay tuned and listen to the Championship Vision Podcast. We have some of the most renowned and best high school basketball coaches and PE teachers from around the country. Coaches you might not have heard of, but have amazing ideas. And I firmly believe every coach in America has genius within them. It's not all about the state championships. It's about the impact you have on your kids and your community. So stay tuned to the Championship Vision Podcast. Coaches, welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. This is Coach Kevin Furtado. Today is episode 200. So I'm so excited to uh, have my 200th episode. And uh, today we have a really an excellent coach uh, out here in Georgia. His name is Coach Jesse McMillan. He's the head boys basketball coach at Norcross High School in Norcross, Georgia. Jesse has been the head, boy, uh, head coach for boys basketball at Norcross High School for 11 years and has been a teacher and coach at Norcross for 19 years. He spent 12 years in the Norcross High School Language Arts Department before transitioning to health and PE classes. During his time as head coach, Norcross won two state titles, 2011-2013, and finished state runner-up in 2017 and 2018. He has a winning mark of better than 80% in Georgia's largest and toughest athletic classification. His Norcross team participate in showcases and individuals across the nation. Jesse grew up in a family of educators and knew early on that teaching and coaching was something he wanted to do. He spends about 335 days a year at Norcross working on the basketball program. And during the season, many of those days are over 14 hours long. Jesse is successful in part because he holds the players in his program to a high standard and evolves the program from being coach-led to player-led, empowering the team to make suggestions and approach during games and hold each other accountable. Coach McMillan has been recognized in the Gwinnett Daily Post as showing a great ability to build chemistry among the players. His fondest moments and most satisfying victories are Final Four and State Championship victories and memorable playoff wins versus Pebblebrook in 2017 and McEachern in 2018 and Grayson in 2019. Those games stand out because the team rose up against great odds and competed at the highest level. He's also a bit superstitious. He makes sure to use his lucky pencil to fill out the scorebook at each game. Coach McMillan, his wife Elizabeth, and two children, Elise and Mason, are longtime Norcross and Petrie Corners residents. We thank them for their support and sacrifice to make the Norcross basketball program the best it can be. Coaches, <clears throat> uh, Jesse McMillan has been a uh, big part of Georgia basketball. And uh, I'm really excited to kind of pick his brain on what he is 
uh, doing with his team now, what he plans to do with his team for this year under this uh, crazy times and so forth. And he's also going to talk about uh, the Georgia Basketball Coaches Association that has just recently created. So I'd like to welcome Coach Jesse McMillan. Hey, Jesse. Kevin? Yeah, can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. Are you, are you good with me? I, I am. I, hey, that's the hardest part is actually getting connected. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I bet. Yeah, especially, yeah. Especially these days. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Hey, I appreciate you joining me. Uh, I'm I'm just one of those that I, I love to connect and uh, talk to all the great coaches, particularly here in Georgia and around the country. Um, so I appreciate you taking the time out. Uh, yeah, I look forward to it. I, I've listened to some of the things you've done in the past and, and, uh, you know, we, we've all got plenty of time on our hands. So, so why not? <laughs> exactly. We got way too much time coach. I just got to tell you that. Um, uh, but Hey, first of all, um, tell me, uh, how you kind of got started in the game, kind of give us a little background story and how uh -huh. that. How, you know, what's your story and how you kind of transformed into uh, the coach you are today? Uh, well, I, I was uh, born and raised uh, in South Carolina and, and made my way down to um, uh, Macon, Georgia, for school at Mercer University. And then um, okay. when I was done down there, I, I literally it's kind of a interesting story. I, I didn't really know too much about um, the Atlanta area, but knew I wanted to, to you know, see if I could find um, – you know, employment there. So literally I was just kind of, uh, it wasn't cold calling back then it was sending out letters, but I sent out letters to pretty much all the athletic directors, um, you know, in, in a 15 mile radius of, of, um, you know, downtown and, and 285 stuff like that. So, um, just by the, uh, luck of God and, and just, uh, everything, I got an interview at Norcross when I was, you know, 21 or 22 years old. Um, and, uh, it was the first, summer going into the new school where they built the new building um got offered a job as a ninth grade coach and was there for um one year under uh coach dave quarter and then my second year there coach eddie martin came in um and it was just really a blessing to work uh, with him and under him 
for the next seven years as an assistant coach and just soaking up everything I could from from a guy that I consider uh, one of the true coaching you know legends in, in Georgia. So um, was an assistant coach there for with him for like I said seven years, eight years overall. Uh, and then when he um, moved out of the public school system and went into the private school uh, at GAC at that time, uh, I was lucky enough to get the job and just finished my 12th year as head coach. And overall, this will be my 20th year uh, at Norcross. Yeah, absolutely. You've had a great career. I mean, you had a lot of uh, you, you basically have a winning, consistent program there at Norcross and Norcross has such a great tradition, kind of. Kind of tell us a little bit about the great tradition of not only Norcross boys, but girls as well. Sure. Well, I mean, the 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 city of Norcross in, in itself is is really unique uh, when you think about all the high schools that that are in in our our small little area within you know five miles of one another. Um, you know, we have Wesleyan uh, that's right across the street from our high school, and then you have uh, GAC that's down the street, and Meadow Creek is is in Norcross. Um, and then our high school. So we talk about basketball uh, and, and basketball success the last 10 or 15 years, especially um, there's been a lot, a lot of winning teams and great players come through our area. But, um, you know, we are very proud of our athletic um, program and, and the success that we've had um, on the court and in the field or on the field and in the court. Um, girls basketball has been very successful. Um, football uh, won back to back state championships a few years ago baseball teams been really really good um but you know i i tell people all the time uh you know i'm biased because i've i've spent you know my entire career uh at norcross but um you know i feel very very comfortable uh, as an employee there i always have i feel like our our administration our athletic director has, has always been super supportive of athletics the teachers uh, understand and the, the administration understands how um important a successful athletic program is to the overall health of a school. Um, and, you know, you just don't, you don't have that everywhere. Um, so I definitely understand how lucky we, lucky we are. And, and it's been a, a huge part of our success um, because you just have overall support. And once you establish a, uh, um, you know, a, a winning mentality and a, a winning culture, I guess, if you want to use that word across all sports, um, you know, it, it's contagious and, and uh, there's an expectation for success and, you know, for the most part, we find that the young men and women are ready to, uh, um, you know, try to meet those expectations. And in my opinion, that's one of the first steps toward, you know, being competitive each year is, is having uh, guys and, and girls that go into the season knowing that there's going to be a lot of responsibility for them to be successful. Yeah. And you I mean, the competition that you have to face and not, uh, not only in the state, but around the country is pretty darn good, Coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, Talk about the great mentors that have shaped your coaching philosophy. You mentioned Eddie Martin, one of the mm-hmm. best of all time here in Georgia. Has there any been anybody else that has really kind of helped shape your philosophy that basically you use a lot of uh, his uh, ideas now? Well, you know, I, I'll, I'll always lean, and I already spoke a little bit about Eddie. I, I always lean on, on what, uh, you know, he, he was able to, to help me with. Um, I think it's so important that, you know, when you're just kind of cutting your teeth as a young coach, uh, that you're mentored by the right people, and and those 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 people have, um, you know, the right things um, in mind when they're when they're building their teams. But you know, I, I took away so much about uh, you know team discipline and organization, um, and just overall structure and 
uh, you know, the importance of chemistry and things like that from Coach Martin. Um, you know, so it was really helpful. Um, but at the same time, you know, he allowed me to, you know, I was a ninth grade coach and a JV coach um, when I was you know, working under him. And he allowed me to have the freedom uh, with my own, you know, junior varsity team or ninth grade team to, you know, put my own system in to, to uh, experiment and kind of find my own, my own voice on the court. Um, you know, as long as we were, you know, focusing on the defensive side and, and, and doing uh, the majority man to man, you know, he, he really didn't mind me experimenting on the offensive end and trying to find some things that worked for me personally. So I'll, I'll always be grateful um, for him to do that. Um, you know, I, I would think that uh, I learned a lot from my college coach as well. Um, coach Mark Sloniker, uh, who was the head coach at Mercer when I was there, um, mm-hmm. you know, C- coach Sloniker, you know, left, uh, retired from Mercer a few years ago and, um, you know, has worked at the University of Georgia for several years now. He, he does a lot of the voice uh, for the for the men's basketball program and works in the, the donations department. But, you know, he just really kind of taught me the importance of of uh, people um, and and how to to, to try to uh, interact with people. Um, you know, there's just personally, one, you know, my one of my character traits is I'm a little bit more of a of a introvert and, and you know, kind of a small circle kind of guy. But uh, Coach Sloniker you know, always showed me the importance of, of, you know, how to treat people with respect and how to, um, um, you know, leave feeling, leaving, leave people feeling good about themselves. You, I've never met a person now in, in, you know, probably 25 years of knowing the man. Uh, I've never met a, a single person that had anything negative to say about him. And I feel like that's an important lesson for all us young coaches is to, you know, try to, try to stay focused on, on being a good person and, and treating everybody with respect. Yeah, I know Coach Loniger really well. I mean, yeah. he was always even to take time to, to talk to him. You know, I wasn't. You know, I was never at a big school and so forth. But he was always very kind to me and mm-hmm. so forth. I went to Georgia and everything. That's where I met him. Uh, what a great guy! What a great person! Uh, are, are you looking at? I mean, you you're getting to that age now, Coach, where you're a mentor to other coaches and to players. You find that important? Uh, yeah, I, I feel like. Um that it's a responsibility for all coaches really no matter um you know what where you are in your career that if you have an opportunity to help someone uh you need to try to do it um especially in this day and age when it's very easy to to um to jump on a call or jump on a zoom call or go to a clinic or just you know have a a a coach's round table or anything like that i mean it's it's i think it's really important for the overall growth of our game um, I know it's something that's helped me tremendously. You know, I'm, I'm a bit of a junkie um, when it comes to, um, you know, just soaking up basketball knowledge. You know, I, my, I guess my means or my, uh, um, you know, source of, of choice would be, you know, probably a little bit more social media than, than others. I, I'm not a big, um, you know, I, I like to read books and things like that about it, but I like to look, I like to see things visually. You know, I, I like to see concepts sure. on, through video. I like to see uh, uh, on-court demonstrations, you know, just personally the way I learn, you know, that that helps me a lot. Uh, you know, so I try to follow, um, you know, some some great voices on, uh, um, you know, Twitter and Instagram and uh, YouTube that, that, you know, break the, thing, break the game down and also focus on things, uh, you know, on, off the court as well in the locker room. But yeah, I mean, I, I try to help as much as I can. Um, you know, it's just speaking very honestly with you, you know, when, you know, coming from a successful program, sometimes, um, you know, it's people may not want to, you know, he, he, 
listen to you that much, I guess, uh, at times. Um, but you know, I try to be, I try to be respectful of everyone. I try to help everybody. And, and ultimately, you know, we're all trying to win games. You know, there might be some years where I have more talent than, uh, another coach, but you know, ultimately in my opinion, I think it all evens out. Um, you know, we're, we're going to challenge ourselves with a schedule that, that, um, you know, puts us in, in a situation to compete. Um, just like everybody, you know, the teams that we might, we, we play, um, you know, sometimes in the tournament or, you know, in a, in a playoff situation might be different than somebody else's, but, uh, in the end, you know, it's, it's really the same concepts Just trying to get your guys to, to do the things that, um, you know, can put you in a position to win. So, um, I, I love to share uh, and I love to learn. So. Yeah, and this is a great time to do it. I mean, there's so many man. There's a virtual clinic around every corner, right? Coach, right, it's, Jesse. It's, I mean, this, it's, it's, it's overwhelming. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> I, I, um, you know, a couple of years ago, um, I'm sure you know uh, Chuck Miller and Kurt Miller. Um, yeah, sure. you know, they, you know, Kurt and I are are, are good friends, and obviously, I respect uh, Chuck for everything that he's done for the game. But um, you know, uh, Kurt gave me um a couple of boxes old vhs tapes that his dad had had that were just kind of uh, you know stacking you know picking up dust in the basement and well man it took me six months to you know try to get them on you know digitized and got them on uh, uh digital format so i could watch them and so i've got all of those and then you know this past you know four or five months when we've all been cooped up it's just as it's a it's a zoom every single day and just the amount of information uh, is, is overwhelming. Um, but, uh, boy, it's, it's, it's like Christmas every day. Um, and people are so generous with it. You know, a lot of this stuff would, would be things that, that, you know, I, I wouldn't have any problem paying for, but you, you find that most of this stuff is, is free. It's, it's available on demand, like all the clinics that the NABC did, um, you know, back in the early spring, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you get on mailing lists and, and see things on social media about Zooms, you know, at different parts of the country. I'm, I'm watching a series uh, that's put on by a guy uh, that's in California right now that focuses a little bit more on like the Grinnell type system and the, the Vance Wahlberg yeah, system. Yeah. And it's really, it's really yeah. fascinating stuff and it's, it's all free, you know, so it's, it's um, trying to do everything you can just take a ton of notes and save things and, you know, try to pick out what works for your team. No doubt. Yeah, it's Mark Hart. I actually had Mark yeah. on the podcast. Um, it shows that, you know, I mean, shows how bad a junkie I am. I think you might be worse, Coach. You might have you might be more of a junkie. But uh, I had Mark on. He's really done a great job trying to promote uh, system basketball, but just basketball in general. Yeah. Coach, talk about um, talk about the pandemic. And you mentioned I saw something on Twitter, and I I really agree with that. How uh, us Georgia, uh, us high school teams cannot go out and scrimmage, which they shouldn't right now for the COVID. But uh-huh. I see a lot of travel teams going out and playing all over the place and so forth. Um, I think there's two different standards set. What's your What's your opinion on that? Well, it's a complicated um, stance, you know. To be honest, and, and I don't really feel like there is is a a um, you know right or wrong way. Um, you know, from a high school coach's perspective, I'm very concerned about our ability to have seasons. Uh, but at the same time, I know that it's, you know, it's not fair for, for you to expect a, 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 
you know, a high school basketball player to, to sit at home at this time, you know, so the kids need to right. play. The kids need to play. Um, you know, they need to be in the gym for their overall health. Um, just like, you know, just like we need it, you know, that's, that was part of the, you know, the, the last months of the, the quarantine, especially late in the summer, you know, people were just going stir crazy because you, you just needed that, that, that over that general interaction. But, um, you know, my, my biggest concern is, is just, um, you know, managing things and, and, you know, trying to maintain some sense of, of responsibility when you're putting on the events. Um, you know, I, I've been to a couple this summer and there were, there were some that were, that were done that were perfectly fine. You know, we were, there were temperature checks when we walked in the door. Um, there were, uh, workers that, that roamed the gym to make sure that people were wearing masks, that, that the kids were, you know, maintaining distance after their games. And then I've been to some other ones where, uh, that's the complete opposite. Um, and it's just frustrating because, you know, I've, I know we've all had this conversation, uh, you know, a thousand times in the last two or three weeks, but, um, you know, you're, you're talking about a scenario that, um, you know, even, even if a group of players, you know, doesn't actually, uh, um, you know, catch the, the virus or actually, you know, have the virus, if they're associated with someone that does for a certain amount of time, then they have to be quarantined. Um, sure. And, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where, you know, we, it's just really hard to, to, um, um, you know, maintain, you know, that discipline, maintain those, those restrictions, uh, in an environment that's not, uh, as structured. So, um, I, I really don't know what the right answer is. I, I would never want to tell our kids, Hey, you can't go play. You can't get in the gym. Uh, but at the same time, I, I wish that there was a little bit more universal, um, you know, uh, restriction or universal guideline for, for some of the third party stuff that's going on. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of out. Of, I hate to say it's kind of out of our control unless we have a better enforcement agency to monitor that, but we don't, I mean, there's, I mean, yep. there's nobody monitoring that. Um, but uh, I know the Georgia high school is do, doing a pretty good job with uh, uh, our, um, our rules and our restrictions and our guidelines coach. Um, Talk, let's talk about your programs. I want to learn about your program and what makes you guys what makes you guys tick. Talk about your high standards. What are your standards at Norcross? Well, the the first thing that that we have to do every year is to um, just outline what the expectations are, and not necessarily my expectations, but the expectations of our community and the expectation of others. Um, you know, we, we are normally in a position where uh, we are a, uh, a senior heavy, uh, team, you know, we're, we're normally a team that has some depth, but, but just personally, I, I like to, to, you know, play a pretty tight rotation, especially the second half of the year. And, and in big games, we're not going to open up our bench that much. Now, some years we'll, you know, depending on how we're playing, if we're, if we're playing a little bit more up and down or we're pressing a little bit more, our bench will open up, but, you know, traditionally, um, in the bigger games, it's been my, it's been my experience where that, that rotate that rotation is a lot shorter. So, you know, why that's important is, you know, you're, you're normally leaning on your, your juniors and seniors in that scenario. Um, so each year when you have some graduation losses, um, you know, you, you've got a group of, of kids that, that are new to the program or new to their, new to their role on varsity. And they don't quite understand what it means to, um, you know, play, with an Norcross jersey on, um, you know, when we, we've been lucky enough to win a lot of ball games over the years and, and 
I feel like we're a, we're one of those teams where if we're on your schedule, you circle that, you circle that date, and and your guys are sure. ready to play, and that's been the case. Um, you know, we we don't have any gimmies on our schedule. You, know, you can you can look at a team and say, all right, well, record wise, they're not great, but we know that they're going to play their best. Um, and they're going to be fired up for the game against Norcross. So, and that's really hard. That's really hard for a 15 or 16 year old kid to kind of grasp that concept of, you know, this is not this is not buddy ball. This is not um, a scenario where it doesn't matter to the other team. Um, you know, this is this is a big game for all parties. So, um, trying to outline that from the from the beginning of the year is something that that's uh, you know, a, a primary goal for us and. and most of the years we don't really we don't really uh, uh, figure that out until we take one on the chin. You know, we've, we've you know it, for a couple of years now we've we've played in a big game you know in early November or early December and we've we've uh, you know had a a loss that really really stung and then you're sitting in the locker room and saying, see, you know, this is the team that that uh, you know technically we fit, we might feel like we're better than or we know we can play better than this, but um, now you kind of know what it means to put this jersey on. So um, you know, just that. Just that overall um, feel of, of how uh, much competition comes along with, with playing at the level that we do um, is probably our number one goal. Yeah, and I know you guys play a tough schedule. I see, I've seen your schedule. You play a lot of teams out of state. Uh, do you, I'm assuming you try to play a national schedule, or is it more of uh, you just look for the top-ranked tournaments to uh, yeah. play in? And, you know, testing. I really don't know what national schedule means anymore. Um, you know, uh, that, that was a term that I think we all kind of coined, you know, 10 years ago and, and, and what a national schedule meant was, was that, you know, it was, it was a situation where, um, you know, one of the top teams from another state was coming to play you or you were going to play them. Uh, now, you know, national schedule just means, all right, you know, we're going to play somebody from another state. It doesn't really matter, you know, what, what level of program they are when there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but, but, you know, I think, I think that term is, is kind of lost some of its luster. Um, you know, we, we, we want to test ourselves. We want to play, um, you know, the best games that we can. Um, you know, we, we want to play in as much stuff in and around the city as we can. I think it's important uh, that we, we, you know, that, that you know, Georgia teams are, are showcasing themselves in Georgia. So we'll try to play, um, you know, and, and some of the top holiday things around, um, uh, you know, Thanksgiving and uh, early December. We, we host a few of those at Norcross or maybe the something like the holiday hoopsgiving uh, in November, things like that. I think it's important that, that our kids play uh, here in the state. Um, and then we're always looking for something that's, that's uh, you know, a, a pretty high level at Christmas. And, and normally those are um, trips that we would take for out of state. So, um, you know, so I, Again, I don't necessarily think that we're trying to to find quote unquote a national schedule, um, but we do want to find teams that that will challenge us. And um, you know, the the thing, one of the things about the metro area is, you, if you're not careful, you do kind of run into a scenario where you play the same people over and over again. Um, right. You know that you kind of seen, you kind of see some of the same teams in, in showcases and tournaments and, and non-conference games. So uh, that's why I do like some of the, the larger showcases or maybe going out of state because it gives your kids an opportunity to play somebody that they don't that they don't necessarily know, um, which ultimately I think will pay some dividends down the road uh, when it comes to 
to state playoffs and, and you're you're maybe playing a team from South Georgia or you know Savannah area or North Georgia where you're maybe not as familiar with them. Yeah, you want to be tested. Um, that's going to be tough this year, right, Jesse? Because yeah. I mean, can yeah. we travel out of state? That that's going to be the question. Uh, how many games we're going to play, and that's that's a yeah. whole nother topic. But I know a lot of coaches I've spoken with are are really unsure about that. Yeah, and and to be honest, I, I had three conversations about that just today. I mean, obviously it's a hot topic, and everybody's you know trying to you know wrap our head around you know all the little different scenarios. Uh, North Carolina just came out today with with um, you know an alternative uh, schedule that I think I don't I don't have the graphic in front of me, but I, I want to say that they're they're going to start their season in January. Um, Florida mm-hmm. is going to vote on uh, Friday um, for one of three scenarios, and and the one that we've kind of heard has the most uh, uh, push behind it is is a is a, fe- is a is a February start for them. Um, you know, so uh, you you look at what some other border states are doing. Um, and then you kind of look back and say, okay, well, what, what are we going to do here in Georgia? Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't envy anyone at the GHSA right now. I know that they're doing everything they can, you know, just to, to provide, you know, some sort of, of, of structure and, and guideline, you know, basically day by day. Um, you know, I, I don't envy their, 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 um, their position, but, um, but yeah, I had that conversation today with multiple people and, and you're, you're like, okay, well, um, if, if we, if our season is pushed back or it's, it's shortened, you know, what does that do for our schedules? Um, I just think realistically, you can't expect to be in a scenario where you, where you travel for out of state tournaments. I don't think that you can be in a situation where you expect to have teams that travel, uh, to your tournament. So let's say you host a Christmas tournament and you were expecting a team from, you know, Tallahassee to come up and a team from Charlotte to come down. Well, you know, by Friday, those those two states may have totally different seasons. Um, you know, we we were hoping to have, and, and we still are hoping, but, we're, but we were hoping to have um, Damatha come down for our uh, nice show, showcase <laughs> in January. You know, and and sure. Coach Mike Jones is a good friend, and he's he's come down to our event uh, a couple times over the last several years, um, and that would be in January. But now you're like, wow, you know, here's an opportunity to have Damatha come down and and you know play hopefully play a great Georgia team. And um, that's kind of up in the air. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I think that we just need to be ready to uh, adjust and adapt. And, you know, we're, we're coaches, man. We'll figure it out. Absolutely. And I think every association that I'm, I'm looking at, they have to make tough, tough calls. What I love, what uh, you guys are doing, I want you to talk about this before you get back to your own team is the Georgia uh, sure. basketball coaches. Association, I think that's important to have. I think the Georgia high school needs input from yep. basketball coaches. Talk about that. I really could not be more excited about um, just the the uh, uh, creation of it and then the the potential of it moving forward. Um, in in some regards, the 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 quarantine and shutdown has been beneficial. You know, there are benefits in it. If you if you want to try to find the silver lining, we already talked about one in regards to. Uh, just the amount of information that's been available and the opportunity for coaches just to kind of slow down and, and learn. Um, but also uh, the, the uh, creation of the, the GBCA uh, is something that also came out of this time. And, and all the credit in the world to, to Coach Allen Whitehart at, at Milton. It, it was kind of his brainchild. I know the idea has been tossed around um, a lot. And, and one of the arguments 
that you this used a lot in Georgia is, you know, well, we don't really have a strong, um, you know, overall coaches association. We do have some great, um, you know, uh, uh, groups and, and great associations like the uh, Coach Huff's uh, Mi- Minority Coaches Association. Um, the GACA as itself is a great association, but, you know, we, we there's just not one that just kind of unites the entire state. Um, and when we were, you know, kind of talking about things in regards to the the uh, NCAA uh, Georgia team camp that we did last summer, uh, you know, the shot clock communication, um, the, the you know, different camps and all that kind of stuff that, that people always that, you know, try to plan. Um, the conversations just kind of kept coming back to, you know, let's let's form a coaches association. Let's let's form a, a real coaches association. And then when the uh, uh, Georgia Football Coaches Association, you know, I think they may be formed theirs uh, two years ago, maybe. Um, and, and I think that they opened the door and showed us exactly how to do it. They went to Craig Davis at the GACA and said, Craig, you know, let's let us kind of come under your umbrella. Let's use your your structure, your uh, your nonprofit status, you know, your your influence. And we will we will build, you know, kind of an arm of the uh, GFCA, the Georgia Football Coaches Association. And it worked well. You know, they're they're they, they've had a lot of success um, in their their two years. Um, so that was the model that we followed and coach Whitehart kind of put the plan together, um, and asked myself and, and several other, uh, you know, prominent coaches around the, the state to be involved. Um, and it's, it's, it's been great, you know, so the idea is, um, you know, on our, uh, board, we have 25 coaches that we feel like, um, equally represents the, the state as a whole from, the classifications and the geographical locations. So, you know, we have, um, you know, pretty uh, respected and, and, and good coaches, uh, male and female from every part of the state that will kind of be in charge of their little area. Um, and, and we're hoping, you know, over these next couple of months that we can build our membership. Um, but we're very excited about it. Our, our big push right now is just membership. And then in October, we're hope we will have a, a series of, of virtual clinics. That'll be um, some prominent college coaches. And then also um, some, some prominent high school coaches and, you know, a mixture of Georgia coaches and also uh, out of state coaches. And then, um, but moving forward, which I guess is probably the most important thing down the road is um, it, it allows us to be a little bit more uniform, a lot more unified, uh, when it comes to uh, expressing our opinions to um, uh, to GHSA, so you know the the G uh, GACA, you know technically has a, a seat at the table when it comes to um, uh, GHSA decisions. So now, since we're kind of under that umbrella, um, you know while we 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 won't necessarily have you know a GBCA representative sitting into in a GHSA meeting, um, we will be able to um, you know use our collective voice to. To hopefully, um, you know, communicate what the, the state's coaches uh, would like to see in different rules and regulations. I, I think it's a great idea. I think it's it's long overdue, right, Coach? I mean, it is we definitely needed. Wow. You know, and, sure. and we've had a we've had a lot of positive feedback with it, and I think as as you know, schools kind of get back in session, and people are checking their school emails a little bit more, and 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 we're talking it up to one another that even more people will. will kind of understand what it is, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's something that a lot of people have understood for a while that, um, that, uh, we needed. 
And to be honest, if we had been playing, um, you know, if we were doing stuff in the spring and going to watch kids play uh, tournaments and then we were doing all our June ball and, and, you know, they were back doing July stuff. And, you know, now we were back in school and doing workouts. It probably wouldn't have come together, to be honest. But when you're sitting around for six months and, you know, just trying to figure out, you know, how to stay busy, you can get some things done. Um, and, and Coach exactly. Yeah, Coach Whitehart was able to to put things together and, and get a plan rolling and then uh, got all of us on board. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Absolutely. And, be, and before you uh, change directions here, how can people uh, get access to what's a what's a key contact to get information about it? Yeah, so, uh, you know, we we've already um, you know started the, the membership drive. And again, that's going to be uh, that's going to fall on the, uh, the responsibility for each um you know, uh, board member that's in their area. So, um, you know, one of the things that we'll, we'll have to kind of overcome right now is just there, there is a difference between the, the GACA and the GBCA. Um, the GBCA membership is, is, um, $83, I believe. Now that includes yeah. your GACA membership, all the insurance and all the benefits that come along with being a member of GACA. And a lot of coaches already do that. Um, you know, but to get the full, uh, GBCA membership, there's that additional, uh, what is it, you know, 20, 23 or $25. So that'll be the first thing is just kind of explaining that they're connected, but there is a difference. We have already, um, started, you know, getting information out and trying to use our contacts. Um, but, uh, you know, when, when we get our first report back from, from, from Craig at GACA and he says, okay, you know, this is where we are with membership, then we can kind of pinpoint, um, individual areas. So, Let's say, for instance, you know, we don't have as much membership response from a North Georgia area. So maybe we we um, we talk to Coach Herrick or we talk to, to um, um, you know, Coach Holland or somebody that kind of help us spread the word in those individual regions in that individual area. So, um, you know, it's we, we kind of understand that there's a lot of things on on people's minds right now. So we're not we're uh, you know, we're taking it slow and steady. Absolutely, Coach. And uh I'll get. I'll try to get Alan Weinhardt on on the podcast and so forth, and I'll do whatever I can to uh, oh, yeah, be great. Uh, share the news for you guys. So, um, coach, talk about your team coming coming back. Give us a scouting report on your players coming back, and uh, what do you foresee? Well, it's a good question. To be honest, uh, <laughs> and it's one it's one that that I'm, <laughs> I'm scratching my head uh, a, a lot uh, about because uh, we we did graduate. Um, you know, six guys that played, uh, you know, the majority of our rotational minutes. So, uh, we're returning, uh, one starter, uh, in Jaden Harris, which, you know, I feel like that he is a division one basketball player for sure. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not quite sure, you know, w- where his level is right now. I feel like he's, he's, you know, um, you know, a, a mid-major guard, but, you know, with these guys missing their, uh, spring and, and, most of their summer in some cases, you know, this, this, uh, 20, uh, the 2020 class, you know, really got hooked in all of it, but, but the 2021 class is the one that, that is, is, you know, really suffering as well, because if you, if you think back to, um, you know, last summer, I believe is when they changed some recruiting, um, situations where those guys lost a couple of live weekends. So they, they have lost some, some live weekends, uh, in previous years and then all of it this year. So, um, you know, I, I know um, we're going to be leaning a lot on Jaden, um, and and I've, I'm I'm hoping that that uh, you know he can have some good games early, so we can um, 
you know, help him with his college prospects. But uh, outside of that, there's a lot of question marks for my team. Um, I have some some really really good young guys. I feel like our young our young group, our rising freshmen and sophomores, might be some of the the best groups that we've had in a long time come through when it's all said and done. But um, not being able to be in the gym with them in the summer, um, potentially, you know, who knows what our next couple of months will be. Uh, there's a lot of questions uh, about you know what their readiness will be in regards to. Um, you know, our schedule and, and the competition that we will play. Um, you know, Gwinnett County, we were, we were lucky enough to be allowed to, to work, you know, with our guys some in July. We, I think Norcross, we were able to get uh, 11. I think we were able to get 12 sessions in, in July. Um, it was no competition. Uh, you know, we were doing small groups, but at least we were in the gym with them. You know, there's some other counties um, around the state that, you know, have not been able to, you know, be in a gym with their guys since February or March. And you potentially look at a scenario where if you're not allowed to do things with them now in the fall, it could be, you know, nine or 10 months since you've been with your team. So I, I don't really know if anybody has any clue um, what their team's going to look like. <laughs> it's all said and done. Yeah. That's where you're, I guess the culture of your program. So I, you know, it, it had to be old school where the kids would have to get out there and work on their yep. own. That's what you're relying on, right? Is yep. is your connection with them and, and, and your player development? You know, I, I think I think probably the one of the the biggest conversations I've had, you know, with our players throughout this, and especially my guys that that are returning in our program, whether they played a lot last night last year or not, is just like, look, you know, you you understand how we do things, you understand, um, you know, what the expectations are, uh, you know, but I, I'm going to lean on you for that. You know, that's probably going to be more important than you know, your ability to, to handle basketball or make a shot, you know, you're, you're, you're going to have to be one of these kids that when we finally get on the floor, um, you've got to be a coach. Uh, you've got to help us because we do not have the luxury of establishing some of these, uh, um, you know, rules and standards and, and style of play that we normally would have done uh, in the summer months or maybe even in, in a fall league or anything like that, which we're just not going to have it. Um, so I really feel like some of the best teams in Georgia will be the ones that have uh, strong leaders on the court, that have young men and women um, that, that have, you know, good voices uh, and know how to use those voices um, because they're, they're going to be important. Their coaches just aren't going to have enough time to establish, um, you know, a lot of the, the things that they would have in years past. So you're going to lean on uh, the, the, the heart and soul and the mind, you know, of your, of your upperclassmen, I feel like. Yeah, for sure. Leadership's always important. Um, Coach, talk about your coming back. You haven't seen your players for a while. You haven't been with them. How are you going to build your offense and defensive system? Um, mm -hmm. And how do you? How are you going to? Is it going to? So you're all about changing. You're not afraid to change. Is what I heard. Um, how are you going to build your system this year? Is it going to be different? Yeah. So you know, I, I am not married to uh, any real style of play. You know, the, the last four or five years, I guess, um, you know, if you watched us play, uh, we would, we would, um, you know, be transition based and, and we would be open post um, offensively. Now that doesn't mean that, you know, if we had a dominant post player that, that we, you know, would not go back to a four round one, but um, I, I feel pretty comfortable with an open post system, a, a five out system, uh, with some rules, you know, we, we will, uh, you know, depending on the, 
the uh, experience level and the competency level of our kids. You know, we, we may uh, add more rules, a little bit more set patterns, but, um, you know, ultimately what our, our ultimate goal is with our team is to develop as many kids uh, and many players that, uh, that we can put on the floor that can dribble, pass, or shoot. You know, I, I think, I know that's kind of sounds cliche, but in my opinion, you can run uh, any system uh, that, that, that your heart desires the, uh, if you have more players on the court that feel comfortable with the basketball. If you want to be a flex coach, if you want to be a five-out coach, if you want to be a press coach, uh, if you want to be uh, a set play coach, the more, the more guys you can put on the floor that can dribble, pass, or shoot, uh, the better any system is. And, and you know, I, that's, I know that sounds simple and elementary, but, I mean, it, it, it works. You know, if, if, uh, if, if you've got three uh, really fluid basketball players and then you have, um, you know, one, one stiff and, and one kid straight off the football field, um, and that ball goes great from player one, two, three, and then it uh, gets a little wobbly when number four gets it, and then when number five touches it, you know, he can't dribble, he can't, he's not very comfortable passing. You know, then you just kind of kill all of your offensive momentum, and that doesn't matter, you know, if you're running set plays or not. So uh, our, our offensive philosophy has always been, um, uh, you know, geared toward that common goal is, is by the time the playoffs roll around, we want as many kids on the floor or in our program um, that we can have that all feel comfortable with the ball, um, that, that can make decisions with it. They, they have a little bit of dexterity with both hands. They're a capable shooter. Um, you know, so we, we um, you know, don't spend a lot of time in our off seasons working on our team concepts. We have never really, we haven't played, you know, team camp games and things like that since 2012. We've never done it. Um, we, we spend that time, uh, in the gym, you know, working on small sided games, working on two on two, working on three on three, uh, working on a lot of transition games, you know, just, just getting as many kids as we can comfortable with the basketball, whether they're, you know, five, 10 or six, 10. Um, and that's been, you know, really, really, um, um, uh, really positive for us. Uh, and then on the defensive end, um, you know, we, again, we've switched it up. We've, we play, you know, as much man to man as, as possible, but, uh, I'm not one of these ego guys that, um, you know, refuses to play zone. So, uh, we will mix in some two, three, we'll mix in three, two, we'll mix in one, three, one. Um, you know, I like to have a couple of things in our pocket and there's been several years where we, where we work on, um, you know, a particular defense and we actually never run it. You know, we just have it just in case. Um, and, you know, it just the, the opportunity never presents itself. So I always like to have things in our back pocket that we can, that we can be prepared to, to, uh, to use. So um, going back to your original question, you're talking about, uh, you know, our, our developmental philosophy and, and not just our ability to, to change and adapt. Um, you know, when you, when you, uh, you know, help, guys kind of understand just the basics of spacing, how to move without the basketball. And then when they touch the basketball, are they comfortable enough to, to make a, a good pass? Are they comfortable enough to put the ball on the floor twice? Are they comfortable enough to, you know, to shoot a three point shot? If they're comfortable with it, uh, you know, it's going to allow you to adapt throughout the season uh, and change your system. You know, we, I would anticipate this year um, with, with everything going on and just our lack of experience, I feel like that we will, uh, probably play uh, as as up tempo as possible uh, and, and press more early in the year and you know every day in practice we're working on our half court stuff and then you know probably the the second half of the season or the the, the third quarter of the season 
uh, we will probably look much different and, and probably be a little bit more of a half-court team as the state playoffs and, uh, and region tournaments come around. So, uh, again, the, the, more, the more guys you have comfortable uh, with the basketball, the, the easier it is to do that. Yeah, and that skill development is so important. I know you're big on off-season development and so forth. Uh, uh, give us just a quick sample, Coach, because you know we, we can't we can't you know try to pick every drill that you do. But sure. give us a quick sample of your player development program and what you do. All right, we we saved up uh, we saved up some money several years ago and and bought uh, an additional gun. So we actually have two of the shooting machines, which you know. We, we use those in everything that we do, every practice, every off season. Uh, and, and we try to build as many shooting drills as we can that incorporate, uh, you know, four to five players. I feel like if you get more than five players and you got a lot of guys standing around. So if we're, if you're, if you're watching one of our off season development programs, and this, we're talking about the summer when, you know, when we, when we can have access to all our players, um, obviously right. it'd, be a, it'd be a four on one in, in the spring or in the fall. But if we're looking at a summer workout, um, and, and, uh, you know, there's a couple of things that we look at when we're developing, uh, some of our gun drills and, and actually posted some of these on social media a few weeks ago. Um, some of the things that, that, that we've done over the years, I like to keep the groups between four and five. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we look when we're developing drills, we want the players to touch the ball every 10 seconds. Um, we don't, we don't want any type of drill where it's basically just a single foul line and, and they're waiting for a, a turn to get a shot. We want to do something where every player is touching the ball uh, every 10 seconds. And, and uh, you know, the way you can accomplish that is you're, you're incorporating a lot of, um, you know, uh, drive and kick. You're, you're incorporating some, some uh, one more passes. You're, you're incorporating some, um, you know, 45 passes, things like that, where they may not be taking a shot every 10 seconds, but they're either going to be dribbling it, they're going to be passing it, or shooting it every 10 seconds. And that way, you know, you, you can keep your drills um, – you know, we're, we're big on station format um, in the summer. So, you know, it's almost like the old five star where you would you would rotate uh, and go to a new go to a new station. That way, if you got smaller groups of, of four to six, four or five and every kid's touching the ball every 10 seconds, um, a five minute uh, group or a five minute station or a six minute station, you know, is is um, really, really good. You know, it's, it's high level. Uh, it's it's conditioning. They're having to communicate. They're having to, uh, um, you know, uh, build chemistry. So that's that's something that we try to do every single day. And it's also building that philosophy of dribble, pass, and shoot. Um, if we just had one station where we were doing catch and shoot threes, and we had another station where we were doing, you know, ball handling, and then we had another station where we were, you know, coming off pin downs, something like that. You know, we we want to try to find a way where we can incorporate all of that into one gun station. So. Um, that would be the first thing. Uh, like I said, uh, I didn't, I didn't hashtag it or hashtag it or anything, but there's, uh, <laughs> if you, if you scroll back, um, on my, on my Twitter, I think about a month ago, I posted, uh, I believe it was 17 different drills, uh, gun drills right. that, that we use, um, to kind of show that. And then the other thing yeah. is, um, you know, uh, surrounding yourself with, with people that have, uh, you know, uh, that, that are, that are good at things in the game of basketball that you're maybe not necessarily good at. You know, I, I'm, I'm really big on that, you know, uh, uh, basketball diversity on my staff. You know, I, I like, I like guys that, um, look at the game differently. So we have, um, a, uh, a young, young man on our staff that's been with us now, you know, three or four years, Charles Pack, 
um, you know, he cut his teeth on the developmental side of it. Um, and, you know, he, he looks at the game through the eyes of a developmental coach where, you know, he's, he's focusing a little bit more on the, the one-on-one uh, uh, breakdowns, the, the ball handling, the, the moves with the basketball. Uh, that's not something that I would say is, is one of my strengths. So, you know, when you have someone on your staff that, that um, can handle that, um, you know, that's important. And then, you know, I have another coach that prides himself on the defensive side of it. Uh, I have another coach that loves the film breakdown um, and loves that portion of it. You know, so when you put everybody together um, and, and we're in a we're in a session or we're in a practice or we're in a meeting, uh, you've got a lot of different guys that are looking at the game uh, um, from different angles. So, um, you know, I, 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 it's it's not possible every single year, but as close as as close as we can get to, to kind of mirroring what a what a college staff might look like or what an NBA staff might look like where you have guys that are kind of specialists in different, different areas. Um, you know, that's, that's important for me too, because, um, you know, I, I, I like to look at it like this, you know, I, I want to, if I have a, if I have a coach on my staff that specializes in skill development, that's very important uh, for my team, very important for my players. It's his job to, you know, help players develop with the ball in their hands. It's my job to help them, uh, you know, put that same skill uh, into the team concept, if that makes sense. Um, so, yeah, it's important. I love what you're doing with your staff. Not, of course, not in our small. I'm at a small school, so sure. <laughs> I have one assistant. But um, I do think it's important to get other viewpoints. I allow, uh, I do allow uh, other people that I trust uh, yep. to uh, evaluate my team and so forth. You can't be afraid as a coach to take different opinions, right? No, you can't. And, and, you know, sometimes you don't want to hear it. Um, and, but eventually, and I think also that kind of comes with, with experience and it, it kind of comes as you get uh, a little more mellow in, in your age and, you know, you, you kind of value uh, other people's opinions and you're also able to separate uh, the, the good and the bad, you know, pretty quickly and kind of understand whose opinion you, you value and whose that you don't. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think, I think it's incredibly important. Um, you know, we, we uh, worked really hard to, to, you know, try to uh, establish, uh, you know, some of these same mentality in our middle school programs as well. You know, Norcross is a pretty transient area. You know, our location uh, where we are is, is you know, it's a, it's a pretty transient area by nature. And, and we're, we're not in a, a situation where, um, you know, a lot of our kids, that go to elementary or middle school in our area, you know, they don't always make it to the high school. You know, they, their parents may move or, you know, a, a different job or, or, you know, like I said, there's so many high schools in Norcross. Um, you know, so we're, we're not really in a, in a situation where we can take a group of, of third or fourth graders and, and know that this is our group that we're going to have, you know, uh, um, uh, 10 years down the road. So um, establishing some, some, you know, basic expectations and responsibility in the middle school is something that we've, that we've worked hard the last couple of years to do as well. And, and, um, you know, we have a, a former player, uh, Brenton Butler that played at Norcross graduated in 2006 and, and he just took, or he's, he's been our middle school coach for the last couple of years and that's helped tremendously. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, um, go down to his practices and tell him what he has to do, but, uh, you know, I, I kind of know that we're on the same page and, and, and he, he does a really good job of, of, uh, helping those young kids kind of understand what the expectation of them would be uh, to play at Norcross. 
Yeah, that's um, I guess there's advantages and disadvantage. There's advantage being at a big school like yourself, coaches, but there's also advantages of being at a small single A school like yep. me. who I deal with kids from kindergarten to 12th grade. Yep. But um, <laughs> so I guess there's different ways. But it sounds like to me you're trying to uh, really connect with all the feeder coaches. Right. You're trying to have, you know, connection with all those coaches. So that'll help you kind of draw those kids in your program yeah and and again you know i i really envy um i really envy coaches that that have you know that luxury of, of having a strong feeder program um that you know a little bit more of the of the small town feel or, or a little bit more of the sure. the uh the scenario where like where you just said is is you you can look at a group of kids that you have in fourth grade and you're like okay they're, you know they're going to be here in, in you know five years or six years this is going to be this is you know, probably my, my varsity group. I envy that because, um, you know, you, you can, you can develop, uh, relationships with those kids. You know, they can come to your summer camps, you know, they're, they're in your gym for, uh, as, as ball, ball boys and ball girls, you know, they, they're in your, your gym for youth night, things like that. You know, we're just not in a scenario where we have that. Um, and you know, a lot of Metro schools are, are like that when you're talking about the, the larger seven, a programs where it's just, it's just a transient area in, uh, where we are. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm envious of it. I, I, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, some, somewhere down the road, uh, uh later in my career, I'll, I'll be in a scenario with that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, coach talk about your, your practice planning that, and I just kind of want to finish in this area because I think all your great coaches, they have a certain strategy for practice. What makes you guys unique in your practice settings? Uh, I, I think that, um, you know, it's, it's a challenge. Uh, you know, it's, it, we're, we're, we're in a, a scenario where, you know, we, we may have a few more coaches than, than other programs, but at the same time, we're still dealing with some of the same restrictions in regards to, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a teacher at, at the high school and, and my, uh, my, uh, varsity assistant, uh, is a teacher at the high school. Um, and, uh, you know, my ninth grade coach, um, you know, is a, is a teacher at the high school, but then I have community coaches as well. So we're really not in a scenario where we can sit down at lunch and, you know, just kind of hash out a practice plan or, or talk about, uh, what we need to do, um, or, or what, what today's practice might look like or go over some scout film. So, uh, one of the things that I try to do for my coaches is to be as detailed as I can on my practice plan. Um, and you know, it's, it's, uh, um, you know, I, I type things out, on a, on a, uh, editable, ed- editable PDF, but I try to have as many, many notes as I can, uh, as many drawings as I can, just as many things as I can. So, uh, that, that's where you're hoping that, uh, you know, your coaches, uh, are, are sharp for the day because they have, they have to look at a practice plan pretty much, you know, 15 or 20 minutes before we step on the floor and they, they need to, they need to be able to figure it out. So, um, you know, I wish we were in a scenario where and we could sit down and have a, two hour meeting every day and, and just make sure that practices were great, but that's not, not the case. But, um, what I do like to do is, is give my coaches uh, a voice, uh, as much as possible. Uh, there will be days where, uh, you know, it's majority me talking, but, uh, in, in a perfect scenario and, and especially early in the year, I want to give my coaches as much voice as possible. Uh, we like to do as much small group stuff as we can. So for instance, if we have 12 varsity guys in the gym, uh, you know, we'll, we'll uh, mix up our groups and try to uh, make sure that the talent is equal in each group. And we'll have, 
uh, one group of six, uh, you know, doing some small sided offensive stuff, maybe working on, uh, you know, two on two or, or, uh, um, you know, some of our, our, our flash game reads or things like that. And then on the other side, uh, on the defensive side, we'll, we'll be working on, uh, you know, how we're going to guard our pick and roll. Maybe we're working on, uh, some, uh, some baseline rotations with a, with, you know, three on three group. And I have one coach that's, that's, um, you know, running the, the offensive portion and one coach that's running the defensive portion. And that allows me to kind of go back and forth and, and, and interject as I need. But it also gives those coaches some ownership and it gives the players, um, the, the opportunity to see those coaches and hear those coaches uh, in, in the early stages of the season. And, and that pays dividends again later in the year. Um, the coaches feel comfortable uh, because they've been in that role and then the players feel comfortable listening to those guys. Um, one of the other things that I think is, uh, you know, maybe unique to our program um, that, I, that I always enjoy kind of bragging on is, is I had an assistant coach that came up with this idea a couple of years ago. Um, but we, we have a, a rolling uh, whiteboard, um, you know, that we, we bought from, you know, Walmart or Office Depot or wherever, just a, you know, kind of like a standard whiteboard you would see in a classroom. We'll roll it out and, and we will incorporate it into a lot of our drills. And we try to do as things, uh, keep things as competitive as we can. Um, and then we take some, uh, um, you know, small sticker, sticky notes um, and everybody's name is written, written on the, on the, uh, the whiteboard. And as we're going through things, let's say we're doing shell game, which, you know, shell game is a drill that pretty much everybody in the country uses in one way, shape or form, but it's also a drill that can kind of get, you know, rather repetitive after you've done it a lot. Um, so what we try to do to spice that up is, is, uh, you know, we'll give managers or we'll give coaches, or maybe if we have some JV, JV players or ninth grade players in the gym that day, we'll assign uh, a player, um, to, you know, a coach and, and now that player is being responsible, being evaluated, uh, at the team level, but also that at the individual level. So for instance, we're going through a uh, shell game and we're working on closeouts, you know, uh, you know, me as the head coach, I might be looking at just the, the general shifts and making sure that everybody's, uh, in the right spot and everybody's, uh, you know, talking and, and communicating and, you know, in the right stance. Well, uh, you know, Coach Smith, he might, he might be looking at, um, you know, one individual player, and now he is only specifically looking at the actual closeout. You know, did they did they uh, uh, get to where they were supposed to be on time? Did they did they say what they were supposed to say? Um, you know, did they turn and box? And uh, you know, when that when that um, rep is over, uh, you know, I'll ask you know everybody that was evaluating. All right, Coach Smith, how did uh, you know, how did JT do? Well, you know, coach, he didn't have his hand up on time. All right, well, let's give him a sticker, you know, and that's a negative. Um, how did, uh, you know, how did Jojo do? He's like, oh, coach, he did really, really well. All right, well, then, you know, there's no sticker there. At the end of the drill, um, you know, now there's a visual representation of each player's, um, you know, kind of individual success in that drill, and it's there. And, and we'll, we'll add to it uh, all practice. Um, you know, let's say the next part of our practice is a shooting drill. Um, if JT, um, you know, who, uh, you know, got us, got a negative sticker during shell game, if all of a sudden he crushes it in, uh, you know, our three point drill and does a great job, you know, maybe he gets to take that sticker off and, and you know, at the end of practice, they're going to run for those stickers. So, um, and, and, you know, really the payoff for that would be in those scenarios where, um, 
you know, practice is kind of dragging and, you know, maybe it's the last two or three drills and, and you just don't have the juice in the gym that you had earlier in, in the day, you know, so you can sit there and look at the whiteboard and you say, okay, you know, uh, whoever wins this next drill gets to take, you know, two of their run stickers off and give it to anybody else in the gym they want, you know, so now all of a sudden everybody's fired up again um, and, you know, playing for something. So you're just trying to find little ways to, to, uh, to keep them competing and, and, and developing that edge in drills that might be a little bit uh, mundane at times. Yeah, I love that. You're, it's immediate assessment, right? And I think yep. uh, it sounds like to me your players are coaching each other, which I think is more important than yep. coaching players, right? And, and it's and also coaches coaches. yes, and it's also a way to keep uh, a lot of people in, involved and and motivated right. in practice. I, I can't stand uh, having a drill where you know eight players are working for for offense for defense and then you have another six or ten you know coaches including they're just kind of standing around the baseline and the sideline it infuriates right. me and i think i think you know i think everybody would would is you know trying to find ways to to uh, um you know uh, uh, keep people involved but the high school level it's just really hard to do that you know at the college level you got managers you got you got so many more coaches that can kind of help but at the high school level you know especially like you said, you know, you may only have two coaches in the gym. Well, you know, you, you've got to coach your team. So who's, who's, you know, who's policing the other, you know, eight or nine kids that aren't involved in the drill? You know, they're going to be staring off into space and, you know, tickling one another and, you know, not paying attention. So now uh, if you give them a responsibility of, okay, you know, uh, Josh, you're not in the drill right now, but you're watching JT every time that he doesn't, you know, cross the center line for, 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 uh, for, for help position, you know, you let me know and he's going to get a sticker. Well, now Josh is not, you know, he, he might be a ninth grader. Um, he might never get a rep in a varsity practice, but he's locked in, you know, and now, you know, JT knows that he can't hide um, because there's somebody that's trying to give him a sticker, you know, so it just kind of amps up the energy and all of a sudden the kids forget that it's a boring shell drill that they've done a thousand times in their career. And now it's just, another way to compete. Um, so that's, you know, stuff like that has uh, is, is, is really been helpful for us um, when, when we're trying to manage uh, a gym. And we've all had those days where, you know, for whatever reason, all of a sudden the JV team's in there with you or, um, you know, you, <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you, you're instead of you know, you, the ninth grade kids, you know, they're wandering around because they have practice after your practice. So, you know, you, you get them in and, and give them something to do and it just helps everybody. Yeah, and that, that's the ultimate. Basketball is a long season, Coach. I think I think that the new term is load management, but yeah. I think it's a valid – even for high school, man, we got to get the kids off the court more, it seems like. Yep, yep. I, and I, I don't know what you guys, what you guys do. Uh, I know your level, you're playing some great teams all the time. Yeah, um, you know, so – uh, I don't know if I quite – you broke up just a little bit. I don't know if I quite followed what you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. Can you hear me okay now? Yes. Okay. I was just talking about, you know, as you get towards the latter part of the season, getting ready for state tournament, uh -huh. um, that's the time where your team needs to be fresh-minded, yep. right? Yeah. So we and, – and to kind of build on your point there, uh, we're, we're, we're going to try to practice um, – 
you know, around that two hour mark at the beginning of the season. And by Christmas, we're down to 90. And to be honest, uh, you know, coming out of coming out of Christmas break and, you know, the first week of uh, January, you know, I, I want to be uh, in that 60 to 75 minutes range tops um, and, and really closer to maybe 65 or 70 minutes tops. And, and you really got to be organized and disciplined and you got to be on your grind to get everything that you need done, um, you know, in a, in a 70 minute practice. Um, but it's important, you know, you, you're, you're worried about your legs, you're, you, you know, the long practices, kids attention spans just don't cut it. Um, you know, so ways to bring in competition and, you know, doing something like that shell game drill, um, you know, we can, that, that right there will turn a, uh, eight minute shell game segment into something that might otherwise take you 25 minutes. Um, you know, if you're trying to break down so many little different parts and you're really at that point of the year, you know, it's, it's a lot more of like, Hey, we want to compete every day. You know, we, we should, by, by January, we should know what help side looks like. You know, we should know what a closeout looks like and we should know how we're guarding the pick and roll. You know, it's more so about, can we compete, uh, you know, every minute uh, that we're on the court and, and finding ways to do that. Um, at the high school level, it's always challenging because um, it's just you, you don't know what's going on in their in their lives. You don't know what happened, you know, during sixth period or what girl looked at them or didn't look at them, um, you know, that day. So uh, trying to trying to get them locked in uh, is always a, a, a goal of mine for sure. Yeah, and I, that that involves a lot of the the uh, mental side as well, right, Coach? Which yeah. is probably the toughest thing to coach. Hey, Coach, my, my the last phase here is if you had one drill to do, that's it. Which drill would it be for Norcross boys basketball? Ooh, um, well, um, I know it's Man, a tough that, one. That, that, that's, a, that's a very good question. Well, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll flip it a little bit for you. I, I know that uh, this year, that this year, if, if I could only do one drill uh, with this team that I have coming up with our, with our youth and inexperience, it would be, it would, it would have to be related to some sort of, of, of rebound and box out. Um, I just feel sure. like if I, if I look at our team and say, okay, well, you know, what's going to be one of the things that, you know, can potentially cut us in a big game. Um, it would be because we're we're not as 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 physically gifted as as we've been in some years past. Where you know we're just thin and we're young, uh, and we're maybe inexperienced. Um, you know, some years you might have some of those guys that can just go get a rebound and don't have to necessarily work on technique as much. But I, if I if I feel like, and I already know it. I mean, I know that's going to be one of the things that we have to uh, attack from day one. So um, it may not be the you know it probably wasn't the same answer uh, for last year's team, but for this one coming up. Um, you know, it would probably be some sort of, of, of uh, um, um, combination of, of a, a shell and maybe Izzo's, you know, war rebounding or something like that, just to get some toughness and some grit, but also working on some some technique around the glass. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny with rebounding drills. There's no complex rebounding drills. It's about you shoot it and go yeah. get it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I you mean, know, I'll tell you this. I, I am really excited to – and I've been digging into it, and, and I, I want to know – I'm curious to see uh, if we're going to be able to implement it or not, but um, I've, I've really enjoyed digging into the tag up system uh, for, yeah, for offensive, yeah. offensive rebounding. If you're familiar with that. Um, sure. You know, it was, it was not something that, that I felt like 
uh, I knew a lot about and then, you know, did a deep dive this, this spring and summer and, and did a lot of research and watched a lot of Zooms and stuff. And I really feel like, um, you know, it may have been something that, that I think we kind of did naturally in some, and sometimes in years past, but um, to kind of implement the full system and, and use terminology and kind of think about, uh, um, you know, really uh, making it a focus point. Um, you know, I, I'm really interested in, in using that with our team this year. So you're saying, um, and I, I know Chris Oliver, uh, basketball immersions talked about it a lot yep. with basically crashing with five yep. and then tagging crashing. up and transitioning. You're, you're crashing with all five. And then, you know, on the, on the technique side of it, on the crash is, uh, you know, the, the offensive players, you're, you're teaching them to attack the, the uh, defensive man's top shoulder. You know, they feel like if, if you can, which, whichever, whichever uh, foot or shoulder they have uh, up the floor, that's the one that you attack. And it makes it really difficult for them to box you out. Because once you get on that top shoulder, the angle for the, for the box out's no longer there. Uh, so that's that's the um, the, uh, um, you know, kind of the simplest way to kind of explain the the offensive rebound portion of it. And yes, then if you don't get it um, immediately kind of tagging up, which which kind of plays into, you know, how I, I like to, to press uh, in the years that we pressed. Um, you know, I, I'm a I'm a big, huge fan of Jim Crutchfield, who was at uh, uh, West Liberty and West Virginia Division two and is now at at uh, um, uh Oh, shoot, he's in Florida. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I think I know. Uh, 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 <laughs> no, no, uh, Nova, Nova Southeastern or, or something. No, Nova Southeastern. Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. Dude, Jim, 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 Jim Crutchfield is, is one of my favorite, all-time favorite coaches. I love his the way they play. Um, and in the years that we have pressed, I have modeled our, our pressing uh, um, techniques after – you know, what he did at West Liberty and now at Nova Southeastern, um, which, which plays in perfectly with the tag up system. You know, it's, it's not a, it's, it's, it's a hybrid run and jump. Um, and, and, uh, you know, like I said, I, I feel like that's probably how we will start the season and, and every day in practice, we're focusing on a little bit more of our half court game. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. I think, uh, I'm surprised more, more schools don't do that. Um, uh, uh, but I guess it's based on your personnel as well. It but is, it's really but, a good sign of an aggressive team. Yeah, it is. And, you know, look, this is the other thing that, that I've learned, uh, you know, over the years is, uh, you know, I, I, I don't want to be in a scenario where I'm trying to take a player and change them the day that I get them in practice for the first time. You know, it, I'm in a scenario and, and most of, of Metro Atlanta's in a scenario where our kids play, uh, you know, year round now. Um, and they play with a ton of different coaches. You know, they, they, they may play with, with, you know, four different or five different, uh, uh, summer ball coaches, uh, you know, over the course of a year. And, and, you know, for, for the majority of those players, um, no matter what their skill level is, they're playing fast and it's transition based, you know, so it doesn't really make sense for me who, you know, especially this year, uh, you know, I, I, we're, we're going to be in a scenario where we haven't been able to, to coach our kids for so long. It doesn't make any sense for me to uh, open the door on, you know, October 26, hopefully, and say, all right, you know, I know you guys have been running and gunning, you know, for 10 months playing AU and being out in the parks and all that kind of stuff. But forget all that. Today we're going to, we're, you know, we're going we're gonna to slow it down and we're going to execute and we're going to run a ton of set plays. It doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. You know, play to your teams and your players' strengths. And if they've been getting up and down the floor, 
you know, use that as your framework. Use that as your starting point. Uh, you know, continue to find ways to kind of let them play the way that they've played the last 10 months and then add your pieces to it. All right. I'm going to let you play a little bit faster, but we're definitely going to share the ball. I'm going to let you play a little bit faster, but we're going to space. You know, this is how I want you to space. I'm going to let you play a little bit faster, but we're going to implement this tag up philosophy. So that way, you know, it's it's one of these things where it's a compromise. And I think that's going to be especially important this year um, with with, you know, when we're finally allowed to get on the court. Uh, you know, you, 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 you know, you, you have to be able to, to compromise and, and you need to realize that you're behind the eight ball a little bit. So, all right, look at your team. What do they, what do they kind of already do well? Um, and, and how, you know, do they, do they play? How, 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 what have they been doing? How they've been playing? Who have they been playing with? And let's try to build our system around that. And then hopefully by the end of the year, we, we've got a little bit more of our true identity uh, created. Yeah, I love that. That's great wisdom, Coach, for all the coaches listening um, because it's going to be a lot different. (laughs) And, of course, in some states it's not, but it's out here. Yeah, you better make some adjustments. Coach, thanks for sharing. I really appreciate it. Uh, What's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, you know, so I'm, I'm really active, uh, on social media. Uh, Twitter is my, is my, uh, um, uh, you know, social media thing of choice. So, um, it's at Norcross hoops, all, all one word, uh, at Norcross hoops. I use the same handle for Instagram, uh, at Norcross hoops, but, uh, you know, my email is Norcross underscore coach at yahoo.com. So pretty, pretty simple. Norcross underscore coach at yahoo.com um and you know i'd be i'd be more than happy to to help uh, any way i can absolutely and for those coaches who are in, interested in uh joining the uh, georgia basketball coach association yeah. you're a man that uh the contact as well right yep and well you know I, i'm one of i'm one of many um i think okay. i think probably the easiest way is to to be on the lookout uh on their their school email accounts and maybe ask their athletic directors about it now it's it, now it's it's open for everyone you know assistant coaches AAU sure. coaches youth coaches you know it, it's it's the georgia basketball coaches association it's not the the ghsa it's not the you know gwinnett county it's not the 7a you know it's it's, it's the georgia uh basketball coaches association uh, I think we're, we, you know, we will try to use the social media hashtag GBCA as much as possible. So maybe it, it, that's a way to to kind of search it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you can you can go to the GACA website uh, and and just go to the basketball portion, and you'll see everything you need for uh, for membership and and just more info on who's who's on the board and and what some of the plans are for this year. Absolutely. I know all the coaches too. Of course, uh, Michael Brooker out here is also oh, yeah. one of the reps yeah. and uh, he's helping out. So I got all Gene Durden. So yeah. um, I got, yeah. you know, some good inside information. So yeah. you guys are doing a great job with that. That's good. I, 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 I had not yeah. met, uh, I had not met uh, uh, Booker that much uh, yet prior to this, but I mean, he's, he's really impressed me. Uh, and he seems like he's, he's uh, definitely uh, one that's, that's a, a go-getter for sure. Absolutely. Coach, I wish you the best and I appreciate you joining me. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kevin. All right. Take care, Jesse. Thank you. Yes, sir. This is Mike May, creator and owner of Practice Planner Live Software. I'm excited about partnering with Kevin Furtado and Championship Vision Podcasts. We share a common passion of helping basketball coaches be more effective in their profession. With over 26 years of basketball coaching experience, 
I created Practice Planner Live with the purpose of saving coaches valuable time in creating efficient and effective practice plans. John Wooden once said, if you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. Practice Planner Live can take your practice planning to a whole nother level with tools and functionality that will maximize your team's ability to reach their potential. What's up, friends? It's Ben Landers, and I'm founder of a website called thepspecialist.com. I want to say thanks to Kevin for letting us sponsor this episode, and also just for the great podcast that he puts out on the regular for PE teachers. The episode is sponsored by the PE Specialist Membership. If you're not familiar with it, it's an awesome program with ready-to-go printable unit plans, lesson plans, tutorial videos, e-courses, printable posters, and station signs, and you can even get certificates of completion to help you finish your teaching certificate. We've also got some awesome follow the leader videos and some animated GIF slideshows to give your kids some awesome visuals and show them how to do different skills like jump rope, paddle skills, soccer, ball handling, basketball. I hope you check it out at thepespecialist.com slash info. You can check that page out for more information. Once again, thepespecialist.com slash info. Kevin, and have an awesome day. Hi, this is Kurt Gilsdorf, Clackamas Community College Women's Basketball, formerly Oregon City High School Girls Basketball. And as a veteran coach, I'm always looking for new ideas, new things to listen to, somewhere I can improve my coaching. And I've discovered the Championship Vision podcast from Kevin Furtado, and it has become my number one go-to podcast each and every week. Kevin brings in guests that provide a unique perspective, whether it's on X's and O's, philosophy, drill work, whatever it might be. Uh, he's going to get something out there that's going to help me as a coach get better. And I think that's what we should all be doing as coaches is helping each other get better. Uh, Kevin himself is, is always hungry to learn. You can sense that in his podcast. And so, again, I can't recommend it highly enough. Championship Vision Podcast, Kevin Furtado. Keep up the great work.